Well, hi. Sarah's in her car for this one, so if there's that low rumble sound that sounds like a white noise machine that will more than likely put you to sleep if you listen, as if listening to my voice doesn't put you to sleep enough, um, I apologize for that noise that will be in the background for this entire episode. Um, here's the thing. I haven't recorded in a long time. Here's the other thing. Um, the laptop that I use for recording, sorry, my phone just slid. The laptop I use for recording is often not in my home because it's with my husband at work. And so when I get thoughts and ideas for episodes, I, I just have to write them down in a notes thing on my phone and for the next time I record. So, the, really the only reason that I'm choosing to record right now is because I'm in my car by myself, which rarely happens. And I'm tired of all of my music, and I am caught up on all of the podcast episodes that I listen to. So, it's either Ride in Silence, or capitalize on the alone time that I have, and speak into a voice memo on my phone, in hopes that I can upload this to said laptop that I mentioned before. And maybe I can do something about the background noise. Maybe I can't. Either way, it's either going to lull you to sleep or maybe it will just provide a relaxing piece of background noise. Um, I like white noise. And this is technically, I think it's pink noise. Is that That's a thing, right? Where it's not quite so harsh. When you think of white noise, you think of like the um, static on a television which is the white noise that my daughter is used to. Um, but now that I know there's softer versions of it, if I ever do have any more children, I'll probably use the softer ones because I like them better. Um, let's see. I truthfully don't remember the last time I recorded. I don't remember what that episode was even about. I'm pretty sure it was episode six. I can vaguely, I guess I can vaguely remember. But since that episode, I have started going to therapy again. So, good news for you guys. That means you get to benefit from the knowledge that I gain from therapy. Because far be it for me to get all of these techniques and things and then not share them with people who otherwise may not go to therapy for reasons. Y and Z. Um, yeah. Maybe this wasn't such a good idea because I really don't know what I'm going to talk about. I just know, excuse me, I just know that I didn't want to ride in silence and I didn't want to listen to the same song over and over again. I'm trying to get all of my Christmas shopping done. Let me tell you. Amazon has come in clutch. As much as I tried to shop small and help small businesses, now that I technically, I guess, have one, it's a little more important to me. 
to do that. Um, as much as I tried, I just, I couldn't do it. Amazon just had so many things that the people on my list were asking for, and it was just so easy to click a button. Gosh, how lazy do I have to be to give this big box corporation my money as if they need it? I did buy two things small because I found things that I liked in a small business. And I'm not, I'm still not good at thrifting. I have found that I really enjoy thrifting. But the problem is if I have something specific in mind that I'm looking for, it's not as enjoyable. Does that make sense? Like if I go, do I ask that question too much? Lord, I probably do. I like going thrifting. I like going thrifting with zero expectations. Like, I don't know what I'm going to find. If I find something fun, I'll probably buy it. Or, um, I don't know. I like being surprised by things when I'm shopping. Usually if I'm going with like a very specific, like I need this exact thing, I get really tired of shopping really quickly if I can't find that thing quickly. Um, I don't know. Like if I'm going shopping generically for clothes, that's fine. I don't mind shopping for a long time and looking at all the things, but like if I'm going shopping because I need a white long sleeve shirt for this, that, or another, and I can't find it after two stores, my brain completely shuts off and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. So thrifting for Christmas lists is kind of difficult. And honestly, I'm tired of toy sections in thrift stores. They're so sad. I mean, it's either a grungy stuffed animal that I don't have the time or energy to clean and I could wash it probably 50 times and I still wouldn't feel like it was clean enough and then or like pieces of toys not even like the full toy like when I donate things especially when I donate like toy things I make sure that I have all of the pieces and I also make sure that they're not it's not just junk like, why are you donating your Happy Meal toys? I don't know. Well, I just got hit with a wave of conviction. Well, maybe that's the only way that some kids can have a Happy Meal toy, Sarah. Maybe some kids can't go to McDonald's and just get a $4 Happy Meal through a drive-thru anytime they want. Okay, fine. I get it. Because, <sighs> you know, to me, things that seem like junk are important to other people. And I get kicked in the face with conviction over that day after day. But the point of this whole thing is, like, the world, the earth, cannot keep up with the amount of mass consumerism. It's, it's maddening to me. Like, you don't need that thing. People ask me, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for your birthday? Money. Just give me money, because money's going to help me pay my bills. Money's going to help me uh, buy groceries. Money's going to do all the stuff that I need to do. And if I happen upon something that brings me joy maybe I'll buy it with the money that you give to me. But people aren't satisfied with that. They have to know something specific. And I say people, I am included in that. When I ask someone, hey, what do you want for, what do you want for Christmas? And they usually say, I don't know. I'm like, well, that's no fun. How am I supposed to buy you a Christmas present if I don't know what to get you? People are so hard to buy for. Okay, so I guess craft fair updates would be the thing that makes the most sense because I've had two or three of them since my last episode and none of 
none of them went well. Just a spoiler alert there for you. None of them went well. As in, I didn't really sell anything, hardly. And my first one, if it weren't for a very close friend of mine buying three of my Bibles for her Christmas presents, I wouldn't have made any money at all. Um, and she bought it before I even went to my first craft fair because she didn't want me to sell out of the designs that she liked. And I love her for that. She's probably, like, my biggest, um customer I guess she needs some kind of reward maybe I should have like a loyalty program she would be top tier easy she deserves it um I'm gonna have to pause because I'm at my destination um but I will not be long and I will continue recording probably nowhere near where I'm and what am I saying I'll be right back ah okay I wasn't sure if it was going to let me pick back up where I was or not. Okay. See, I have no, <laughs> no idea. Oh, well, that's nice. See, that's where the thing is. Do y'all ever have to, like, walk back into a room? Like, leave the room and then come back in to try and jog your memory about what the heck you came into the room in the first place? Yeah. Well, I was pulling out of where I pulled in and my brain was like, this is what you were talking about. So, craft fairs. Honestly, I can't remember the time frame. I'm assuming it was at least three months ago of my last episode, because that's just what I do. Um, yeah. So, the first one was huge. It was a huge event. There were so many people. Um, I made some money, mostly from people who I knew that came to visit me, like I said. I owe a lot of my business, like the business that I do, like the sales that I make, to people that I know. Um, I have yet to figure out a way to break into the market of selling to strangers. Apparently, apparently nobody likes my stuff unless they know me personally. I don't really know what that says about my work, if it's a pity buy. I don't know. All I do know is that the people who have ever, if you've ever purchased anything from me, art-wise, I'm eternally grateful. Because it really does mean a lot to me. That you would use your money on something that I created, that's a big deal to me. Because I know how hard everyone works for their money. So the first one, huge event. Didn't really do a whole lot, um, revenue-wise. But I met a lot of people. And the neighbor, the person who was next to me, um, was really nice and really helpful. She's been doing, like, she's been running her own business for, like, years. So she had a lot of advice. And she was really pleasant. It was just nice to not be alone. I had some people behind me that were selling these beautiful, like, angels that they were making out of beads. It's hard to describe, but they were beautiful. Um, they were really friendly. They were watching me paint most of the time that I was there. And then my other neighbor was selling earrings. She was also really nice. I ended up, well, my mom ended up buying something for my daughter over there because they had kid jewelry. And then I bought, like, the cutest pair of ghost earrings you've ever seen for $5. And I feel like she's, like, underselling herself. But the amount of customers that she had throughout the day, like, her booth was never empty. And almost everyone who stepped foot in her booth bought something. So I know she made bank that day. 
Um, so I left feeling kind of empty because I had pretty high expectations. Remember that episode I had about expectations? Apparently I don't listen to myself. Um, I was a little let down, but I was like, it's fine. I'll just do another one. And this one, I should have known going into this one, like the day, the morning of, that it was just going to be a complete disaster. And it was. Um, first of all, it was raining, so that should have been my first clue. It was raining and it was cold. And then I walk in and they're having us set up in the cafeteria of the school that it was in, but like using cafeteria tables. So like the tables with the stools attached to them. I don't, how are, I didn't understand like how are people supposed to shop like this, whatever. And then I asked the lady who was in charge for clarification about which direction I should set up because there was no like clear flow to anything. I was the first one on my row there, so I was like, well, which direction do you want me? And she seemed way in over her head. And this was the second year that they were doing it. So I don't know if it was her first time running it or if she just didn't really have a heart in it. I don't know, but she was clueless. I set up the way she asked me to because I'm nothing if not a rule follower. And I was the only one on my row. There were supposed to be 12 vendors per row. I was the only one on my row that showed up that had our like people's business names were on these tables and they just didn't show up to sell anything and then I had the row across from me where like the customers were supposed to walk between our two rows they were the only ones on their row of the same amount of vendors didn't like so 11 vendors 22 vendors total on just on my end of where we were just didn't show up all right I find that a little bonkers. So you would have thought that <laughs> that would have been another clue of this is not going to be a good day. And it was a really long show. It was like the doors opened at 9 and it wasn't over until 3.30. Anyway. Um, so then, like I said, like customers, let me paint you a word picture. Customers were supposed to flow in between the two rows. So myself and the vendor across from me were set up to where we were facing each other right so that people would walk between us to shop which in theory would have been good if the other vendors on our row would have shown up um and they never did so there was a whole section in front of us again it was just a terrible layout because the vendors had nowhere to be like behind their stuff they had to just kind of like sit off to the side and the customers weren't really sure like which side they were supposed to be shopping from. It was just a terrible layout. And so they were shopping at the first section. What they would do is they would come, they would approach the two rows where we were set up and they would look on the back end of the vendor across from me. They would look at the back end of their things and then come around the two rows like so they're supposed to go in the aisle and then totally bypass me to go behind me to shop to the vendors that are set up behind me all right now bear in mind this happened probably 20 times in a row and 20 is the amount of customers that were there in a two-hour period okay that's really bad there were there was no one there 
And the other vendors were taking notice. And they were saying, you know, this thing was supposed to be advertised. And I even told my therapist about this. And she was like, I drive by that high school literally every day. And there was never anything on, like, their cue sign like the one the electronic one that changes they didn't put out any kind of paper advertisement they said that they were going to advertise throughout the town nobody ever saw a flyer they said they were going to amp up social media posts never saw one so again looking back it should have been a clear like maybe i shouldn't have shown up either um i ended up texting a friend of mine who is extremely encouraging all the time that's just how she is and I was like, listen, friend, I'm going to need you to work your magic and speak to me, speak encouragement into me. Because at this point, I was crying, crying in public. Sarah was crying in public. Listen, Sarah doesn't cry in public. Sarah avoids crying in public at all costs. I don't enjoy showing my emotions to other people, okay? I, I don't like it. The only emotion that I'm showing to other people half the time is a mask that I have put on myself, okay? Does that, I'm not gonna ask if that makes sense because apparently I ask that a lot. You're smart, it does make sense. So I'm crying. Other people are taking notice of me crying too. So yeah, that's fun. I, I just, I could not take one more second of someone not even looking at me. They're not even looking at my table. They're just, here's the thing, I have struggled most of my life with feeling unimportant and invisible, okay? So Satan apparently really wanted, really wanted to get to me that day, and he was like, well, I know exactly how to make her feel unimportant and invisible all at the same time for hours on end. Let's do that. On top of this, I had sent my daughter to my in-law's house, which is an hour away from my home, for the weekend so that she could spend time with them since I was going to be busy all day and my husband was going to be busy with work all day. And so here I am like, you know, I could have just stayed home and I could be at home with my kid right now and instead I'm here. So spiraling was happening. I've talked about spiraling before. Oh yeah, that was happening. So I texted my friend. I was like, listen, I need some kind of encouragement because at this point in time, I never want to pick up a paintbrush as long as I live. I will never. I was about, I was like ready to make a vow to myself to never do anything creative ever again. Okay? Deep, dark place. Sarah's in a dark, dark hole. I dug myself a hole. I laid in it and I was just in fetal position crying in this hole that I had made for myself um, based on the actions of those around me, which is never a good thing. So, I got that encouragement from a friend. She did help me feel better. And I told her, I was like, I will stay for 30 more minutes. I was like, if I don't get one positive, even just a smile from someone in the next 30 minutes, I'm leaving. Mind you, at this point, it was 10 a.m. I had been there for two hours. It was supposed to last till 3.30. Thankfully, I had one, one group of people come by, took a look at... Um, some book stacks that I have that are clever and cute and beautiful and I think I find them humorous it's like a um, piece of artwork for your home but then when you look at it closer it's actually funny so I like them I would buy one I make them of course I would buy one 
and a group of people went by and they looked at every one of them and chuckled at every one of them and said, that's a really cute idea. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. See, it really does. That's literally all it takes. So that was nice. And then I had an older woman come and she just, it was just a simple compliment of your work is beautiful. And it obviously made her smile because she was smiling while she was looking at it. And then I started crying again. I'm probably going to, I'm trying not to cry right now thinking about it. And I just looked at her and I was like, I just want to say thank you for stopping at my table and acknowledging that I exist. And then she was like, she looked at me so funny like I was a crazy person, which I'm, well, okay. And um, she looked puzzled, so I told her, I was like, I've not spoken to or said hi or had anyone say hello to me for the whole time I've been here. No one's even looking at me. And she was like, well, I'm so sorry about that. She was like, I don't, I don't know why. And I was like, I don't know either. Like, you know, but I just want, it was just really nice of you to stop. It really, it takes five seconds to stop and just even say hello, smile, whatever. Okay, so I stayed a little while longer. And I had decided that I had had enough. And you know what? that's okay. I had paid to be there until 3.30 and it got to a point where I was like, no, I'm not doing this to myself. Why would I, why would I sit here and continue to put up with this? Because people continued to skip my table. And so I left about three hours early. I was like, you know what? I'm hungry. I'm going to pack up my stuff. I'm going to go get some Taco Bell and I'm going to go home because my daughter was going to be home around dinner time because my in-laws were bringing her home because it was the day before her birthday and I wanted her to be home on her birthday so they were bringing her home and I went home and I ate Taco Bell and I just sat with myself and it was not, it was not pleasant, okay? It was not pleasant. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was just, it was awful. It was a horrible, horrible horrible time. So then naturally when I had my third one, I was not excited and had zero expectations and I didn't even take all of my stuff. I normally had like my own table and a rug and like really cool displays and I was like, no, no way. I'm not doing that to myself. I'm going to bring some product and a tablecloth and my sign. I'll call it a day. So that's what I did. Um, the week leading up to it, my husband was like, listen, I don't know what this is. He's like, but I have a good feeling about Saturday. He was like, I don't know what, I don't know what that means. He's like, but it's specifically about you and this craft fair that you're about to go to. I was like, okay, well, whatever. Um, because you know, in my mind, it can only be a negative experience. And I had done this craft fair before. It was the first, I think it was the first one I ever did last year. Don't ask me if that's correct because I honestly can't remember. Um, anyway, so I show up half-heartedly but open to whatever it was that was going to happen that was going to be so positive, right? So I was there for like 30 minutes just painting away. I was like, if I'm going to sit here, I might as well do something. 
and I was approached by the husband of one of the vendors and he was talking to me about this art council that I should apply for because they do grants and blah 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 and he's like a full-fledged artist like does oil paintings all that jazz and I'm like well I don't know if you can tell but we are not on the same level um, but he encouraged me to apply and I did long story short they did accept me and I have an artist profile on their website however it was not noted that I didn't live in the county that the council is in so I don't get any of the perks <laughs> but the lady said she was like that was an oversight on my part I'll keep your profile up I'm like well that's great thanks for that whatever well then like 15 minutes after he showed up a lady showed up that said that she was starting a creative Bible journaling class at the community center. I don't know if I've ever been specific about the type of things I sell, but I paint Bibles and journals, and that's most of what I sell, painted Bibles and journals. And I was like, well, didn't you come to the perfect place? So I have her card. I have not called her because I was leaving for out of town the very next week and it's just it's gotten away from me and honestly I'm so tired of putting myself out there um, that I just I don't want to so it's gonna take some time but it's the same thing as like I started going to therapy to counseling again even though I didn't want to um, because my last therapist ghosted me and abandoned me and if you know anything about me at all I have issues with abandonment too so it's, it's a big deal so I didn't want to start over at square one with some new person I'm very glad I did now because she is teaching me things that I didn't know about myself and about how to handle things so anyway one of the first our very first meetings she asked me if anyone had ever or if any doctor or anybody had ever um, brought up OCD. And I was like, oh, what? So that's fun. Have I said that before? Did I start therapy? Before my last episode? I'm trying to remember because I feel like, I don't know if I just texted that in a voice memo to someone because I do that sometimes now when I have a lot to say. Did I, did I send that to someone specific? Or did I already have that in an episode? Oh my stars. Well, maybe I did start therapy before my last episode and you guys this whole time have been like, duh Sarah, like we knew that. Frick. Anyway, so she mentioned OCD. No one's ever mentioned OCD to me before. It's always been anxiety and depression, so that's a fun thing that we're exploring. And if I, I might have OCD. <sighs> um. Anyway, one of the little nuggets of information that I've been learning is to challenge anxious thoughts and even depressive thoughts. Really, any negative thought at all, because every thought I've ever had about myself, for the most part, is negative. So I'm trying to learn to challenge those. So you do that first by recognizing that you're having an anxious thought or a negative thought or a depressing thought. 
you have to know, you have to be aware of yourself enough to know when you're having them. And that's the problem with me. Like, I'm usually just not aware, and then I end up in a bad place. So, I have tried really hard lately to be more aware of myself. Which is exhausting, by the way, because the amount of times I have to stop myself in the middle of a thought is often, is often, more often than a normal person. And it's exhausting. I'm like, no wonder, no wonder I'm sad all the time. No wonder all I do is worry and I'm anxious because this is all I think about. And it's so subconscious at this point that I'm having to dig it out of the depths of my inner brain and uh, bring it to the surface and talk about it. Uh, that was one thing I did tell my um, therapist. I was like, listen, I don't like talking about that. I don't like talking about things because what what does it do? I spend all of my energy pushing my feelings downward and so talking about them brings them up but then they just sit on my chest like an elephant and it doesn't leave it doesn't leave because how many things have been resolved by talking about them if I have a very specific friend of mine should have laughed at that because we have many talks about that I don't like talking about my feelings because all it does is make me feel worse <laughs> about myself. Anyway, what was I saying? Challenging thoughts. Right. So you have to be aware that you are having these sorts of thoughts and then you have to stop and you have to think to yourself, is there evidence for this thought? Most of them I, I think are like intrusive thoughts, like what if thoughts. So you have to stop and is there evidence of this thing, whether it be um, like a negative thought I have about myself would be whatever. I've looked at myself in the mirror and just been like, well, you're a fatty. And I have to stop and be like, hold on. Is there evidence of that? And I have to be like, mm, I don't want to, but no, because science says that my body mass is average for my height and my age. So no, there's not really evidence of that. And then it's like, if I say I'm fat and ugly, which I say a lot, mostly ugly, fat not so much. Wow. Um, but then it's like, okay, well, is there evidence for the contrary? Is there evidence for the contrary? Um, yes. For, for that specific thought for me, yes. There is evidence of the contrary of me saying that I'm ugly because of the amount of times that I hear that I'm beautiful, that I hear that I'm pretty, that I hear that I'm cute and I'm sexy and all that stuff because my husband fills my ears with those sorts of comments like any good husband does. But he doesn't say it because he's obligated. He says it because he means it. So that's evidence to the contrary of what I'm telling myself. And I don't have the paper in front of me, but I know another one that helps you challenge these sorts of thoughts is what would my friends and family say if they knew I was thinking this? What would they have to say about it? Okay, well, they would all tell me I'm stupid. So, well, not, not literally, because that's a negative thing too, right? No, they would all tell me, stop it. No, don't think that again, right? So... 
you can do that with any sort of thought, any sort of negative, anxious, depressive, worrisome thought. Challenge it. Attack it. You have to name it, like recognize it, and then name it as a thought that you don't want to have, and then challenge it. Is there evidence for it? Is there evidence contrary to it? What would your friends and family say if you were thinking that? There's something else, but I can't remember. But those, I feel like, were the three most important ones. And those are the three that I use often. Um, like, it's just, you, it's just, it's, it's so specific, though. Like, it's a very broad thing to say challenges or evidence for it, against it. What would your friend say? But it could be for anything. And I don't know what all of you think about things, about life. I worry about literally everything. I ask myself a million what-if questions a day. And so I have to stop and I say, what? Is there evidence for that happening? That what-if thing that you're doing? Is there evidence for it? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, so I don't know if that was the best way to explain it. I don't even know if that was the best example, the, the I find myself unattractive example just airing it all out right there but but I feel like no stop that was a good example because there's there's almost sorry there's almost no evidence that supports that I'm an ugly individual god that sounds so boastful to say well evidence supports that I'm actually very attractive I can't even say it seriously because I don't believe it. Um, so your thoughts might be about something else, some other insecurity or some other anxious thought or depressive thought. You gotta, you gotta, what do you gotta do? You have to recognize that you're thinking it. What is happening here? Oh, how pretty. Oh, I'm passing a farm and there's like a wedding going on. Oh, it's beautiful. South. I, I couldn't read the whole sign. Anyway. You have to recognize it, which means be aware of the thoughts that your brain is thinking because sometimes you don't even recognize that you're doing it because it's so ingrained as a natural way of living. But the problem is it's not natural to live that way. It's not, it's not supposed to be that way, right? We're not supposed to be so negative about ourselves. We're not supposed to be anxious all the time. We're not supposed to be sad all the time. It's just, it's not how it's supposed to be. So for those of us who live in that world, who live that reality, it's a little more difficult because people will be like, well, just stop being sad. And you're like, all right, thanks for that. Appreciate it. My depression's suddenly gone. Wow. Are you like a magician or something? I mean, whatever. It's hard for us who live that life and live that reality to let go of things and to think more positively. And it, and it takes a lot more effort on our part, which is exhausting. But honestly, it's more exhausting to live the way that I live internally. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean is exactly the same as does that make sense? I'm so sorry. You guys are like, well, she thinks we're dumb. I don't. Anyway, that's my little nugget of information for you. Um, I have no idea 
um, what else to talk about? I'm tired and I'm about mm, less than 10 minutes away from home, so I think I'm going to end it there. And who knows, maybe this is going to turn into a um, car chats with Sarah sort of sort of podcast if you can put up with the noise that my car makes the whole time. <laughs> Alright, well, um, you know, hang in there. I know that you're doing the best that you can, and that's really all that anyone can ask of you. Um, just keep doing your best. Keep waking up in the morning and trying again. And just know that I'm very thankful that you are doing your best. And I hope some part of what I said today put a smile on your face. And that you pass that smile on to someone else, please. Because we all know that we all need it.